I am master of my own destiny. You cannot fill a cup from an empty vessel. With awareness, rebellion is born. We are all perfectly flawed. It's the empowerment that shows us how to embrace that. Are you ready to embrace your flaws? Join us. There is a seat at our table. Hello, lovely. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have the amazing Jenny Wild joining us. She is an actor, comedian, mom, and an inspiring entrepreneur. She has taken time out of her busy, busy life just to talk to us here at Perfectly Flawed to share her amazing trichotillomania battle. I'm Terry, and with together with Lauren and Tammy, I am the host of Perfectly Flawed. Welcome. Come in, take a seat at our table, and let's welcome the amazing Jenny Wild. Welcome, Jenny. We are so glad to have you here. Thank you, Terry. I am so grateful to be with you. Thank you so much. And um, in true goddess form, we have goddess cards today because, well, we have a goddess in our midst or several. We're all goddesses here, girls. And I pulled Sigi, which is quiet time, which is kind of funny because Jenny and I, you know, we do need some quiet time, but we like our fun girl time, too. We are verbose. Right? <laughs> so she suggests we take some quiet time alone to rest, meditate, and contemplate. So I suggest, sister, that you go out and you do that after this amazing podcast where you're going to get some amazing energy from Jenny Wild. So I'll give you the first question, Jenny, and then we're going to let it rip. Great. So our first question for you is, what is trichotillomania for those who don't know about it? Can you just explain a little bit of it to us? Yes, absolutely. Let me just say, that's a great status card. I will, I will appreciate that quiet time. I think I'll make some dedicated quiet time for myself. I love it. So nice. thanks again for having me. Um, and I'm so proud to be sharing this with you. Um, Trichotillomania. It is a hair pulling disorder. It is a really big word with Latin and Greek roots. I mean, I'm not even sure of the origin, right? But trichotillomania to say it is an impulse control disorder that is focused around pulling hair or breaking off hair on your head, your eyelashes, your eyebrows, anywhere on one's body. And it's in a category of body-focused repetitive behaviors. So if no one's ever heard of that, that's just in, if you were to go seeking therapies or seeking answers for nail biting, hair pulling, chew, like some people chew on the inside of their mouth or any kind of impulse focused on a part of the body like that, picking, pulling, not leaving it alone essentially. Those are impulses and those are in that BFRB category, body-focused repetitive behavior. So truly, I didn't know much about it myself, Terry. I, when I was younger, I knew that I was biting my nails and 
compulsively, like incessantly, like to that point where we all know one, that nail biter with the stubs on their fingers and later getting the fake nails or things to cover up and hide and solve the problem, try and solve the problem. And also began probably around seven or eight years old, my, my story is, pulling and tugging at eyelashes and eyebrows. And so as parents do, caretakers of kiddos that might have a BFRB or a trichotillomania or the dermatillomania as it's skin picking and pulling, you would notice and you might coach your kid or suggest to your child or inquire with them, hey, what's going on or why this, why this so often? Or when you read a book, I notice you play with your eyelashes or when you are bored, I see that you're biting your nails. And my parents definitely did notice and that's when frankly, I was called to notice because now, I mean, it's like, oh, this is a thing. And I need to start being aware, like much more aware that I'm doing this either subconsciously. Of course, I didn't think of it in those terms. I'm seven, I'm eight years old. And I'm just going, oh, I got to stop doing this because people notice. Right. And, and so I think in our life experience, young kids like that, kindergarten, first, second, third grade, you really begin to modify your behavior based on what you do want people to notice and what you don't want people to notice, right? So that's it. That's trichotillomania. I um, did not know there was a term for it until later in my life when I'm Googling, okay, this is continuing to happen. Right, right. It's in my life. It's not just some bad habit or habit you don't want. It's more than that. So what is this? And that's when I found it had a name. It has a category and like a subset in the American Psychiatric Journal now and definitely a, um, an area of study that's not obsessive control disorder or obsessive compulsive disorder, but in impulse control. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Wow. That is, it's so amazing that, you know, we can now identify with that and as parents then go ahead and look and see what's going on and where it's going. Um, was there a point in your life where it started maybe to take control and kind of maybe take you in a direction you didn't want to go? Yes. Yes, it definitely did. And that word control, the fact that it's part of the, um, vernacular of the disorder, right? The nomenclature of the disorder, impulse control disorder, It's funny now because in this journey with it, and I will be 46 in two months, can we control it? Is there a way to control it? I will admit to you now, in 46 years, I haven't explored absolutely everything and so diligently all the time that, you know, for instance, have I gone really deep into hypnosis? No. Is there other areas of therapies or things I could do? Probably. But I will, I'm candidly, and and I'm an open book about sharing what I have done. And so I almost sort of believe, and we'll get to that later, that there is some semblance of control we can have over this disorder, that it's not controlling us or me or, and that kind of goes towards a mindset conversation. So we'll get there. When I noticed it started to control me was really like back in those days, probably nine, 10 getting closer to junior high, fifth grade, maybe. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine would say, what happened to your eyelashes? Or the little gap was showing or something. Mm -hmm. Or I remember distinctly my grandmother calling out, oh, Jennifer, what have you done to your eyelashes? 
because I had a friend do that once and her eyelashes never grew back. I remember my grandma making that comment and I remember being scared. Oh dear. I mean, oh my gosh, that's not what I want. You know, that's right. not what I want. And I remember thinking, does she really have a friend or is that just what she's saying for effect? You know, kind of like, don't make that face. It'll stay that way. You know, those empty threats. Right. But still, I thought there could be some blowback here. There could be some consequences from pulling, not just that people notice or that your classmate makes fun of you or that you're slightly embarrassed that you have this thing you do and you don't want anyone to know about it because, frankly, I thought it was kind of weird. I labeled it, it's weird. It's odd. Nobody else is doing it. My friends have beautiful cuticles and nail beds and, and growing nails, and I don't. I bite my nails. So through high school and those years, middle school, high school, I started to definitely notice a couple of things that I had a hand to head energy about me that meaning I'm either biting a nail, chewing on a pen cap, or I'm taking my hair because I did have long hair at the time from around the back of my head and I would twirl it in my fingers and I would run the ends of my hair along my chin. Meaning, so it's like that soft little end of hair or I would examine split ends and kind of pick at them. But that's you're in class, you're getting a lecture or reading a book or in front of a computer screen or whatever at the time back in those days. And I would do those behaviors. My hands were always in my hair, fussing around or, or around my face. You know what I'm saying? And I think that if there's anyone out there with a BFRB, they might be able to relate. I think really a lot of people can relate. I mean, we all kind of contend to go for that little pimple or that little bump on our neck when we're in the car driving or with the free hand, you know, right. while watching TV, maybe we are, you know, playing with or feeling out that coarse hair, maybe that gray hair. Oh, Sorry yep, yep. It. Sorry to say it now, but I've got to. We get them, little <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> so just imagine that that kind of goes on and on and on and it just takes over a person and then. Then you look down and there's 10, 12, 11, 100 hairs in a, in a little pile next to you, or your nails are bitten until they bleed, or there's just this whole loathing process afterwards. Like, oh my God, what have I done? Right. Da now the damage is here, and now I got to cover up, I got to hide, I got to fix this, I got to put eyeliner on where there used to be lashes, I got to draw in my eyebrows where there used to be eyebrows. And I definitely made those adjustments. I definitely learned in my teen years, especially with cosmetics and like I said, acrylic nails and tips to cover up, Right. to just, you have what either helps you feel good and confident in your own skin and maybe nail tips and drawn on eyebrows did that for me. And then you have conventionally what society says, this is feminine, this is you, this is what's beautiful, this is what you should do, try and look like, blah, blah, blah. So all of that together, it's safe to say I was not just out there with like, confidently going about life with no hair on my eyebrows or eyelashes, right? Or, or nails on my fingers. Definitely tried to cover it up and fix it and just make it go away. Make it so no one would see. Right. So we could hide the flaw. Yeah, exactly. Hiding and I saw it, it as flawed. Perfectly flawed. Right. I saw it as flawed. I saw it as flawed. And, you know, so in my exploration of trichotillomania in my life, I really think that I didn't, it wasn't until three years ago. I mean, so we've got a lifetime between high school and right, I said I'm going to be 46. So right. there's a lifetime in between <laughs> there. There's marriage. There's kids. There's 
me exploring some therapies and some therapists and some programs for this. There's um, even as a child, my mother for the nail biting took me to see a psychiatrist and I was angry and I didn't want to talk to him and I didn't want to go deep with anybody about anything else. And I had a great childhood, Terry, too. It's not like I don't feel that there is one thing that can trigger or say, oh, someone will definitely have this coping mechanism or, oh, you probably bite nails and do this because of a nervousness or an anxiety. It's not, there's just no one way or, or one diagnosis or one trigger or no. one broad brush. Like you just kind of, I think we all have our coping mechanisms. We all have what has helped us feel comfortable through our lives, our fears, our doubts about who we are, how we present ourselves, what we what we want out of life, if we're lovable, likable, accepted, and if we belong, and if we feel good. And trichotillomania just, just got to a point for me that it flew under the radar and it got me through some stuff and then and then it and then it just took over. And in this next segment, as we conclude, I, I want to take people through why I see it as a gift now, if you will. Absolutely. Because let's face it, I mean, you and I both know we've come into a lot of information through personal development and all of that that you know, you 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 can look at it one way or another, and if you want to look at it as a negative, you can. But if you want to look at it as something beautiful that actually helped you grow, it gives uh -huh. you a chance to do so. Yes, yes, that's perfect. I'm just checking my battery life too on my phone, so I want to make sure I don't get cut up. I um, the growth is what's important. The growth, and I feel like I was going through some things about four years ago, five years ago, where growth me working on me or me empowering myself or Jenny really getting to the heart of what makes Jenny tick. Not even those explorations deep back into what happened as a child or why did you ever start pulling hair? Less of that and more of like, what am I passionate about now? Mm -hmm. Being a mother makes me so fulfilled. My kids are extraordinary gifts. I am blessed. My marriage was um, taking some work, but they all do if they're going to work, right? Absolutely. So we were just in a time of life where it's like there's a new season. We might be moving across country, lots of decisions to make and lots of stress. And I, the hair pulling got really out of control, out way out of my control. Typically now this is going on, now I'm 40 years old. And historically I could bite some nails, throw on some tips and acrylics and be done with it and get through that, get through those three months until I bit them again. And up till this point, like I said, I could remove some eyebrows or pull and yank and do those things, hands to my face, hands to my face, but I could draw in the eyebrows and get by with it. And I was to the point where I don't care if people notice they're drawn in eyebrows. Fine. I even started to look into microblading. Now there's all these other solutions, right? For anybody that wants a fuller brow or tattooed makeup or whatever. Now I'm 40 years old new season of life, lots of things going on, lots of stress. And my trick took over. It was like, and we're in the driver's seat now because I began to pull from my hairline bangs behind my ears and at the nape of my neck. And I really, for anyone who's curious listening, and this is what I have become comfortable talking about because it's just, it's interesting to me. And at the same time, I know it's not something everyone can relate to, but 
lot of people might say, does that hurt? Doesn't it hurt? Doesn't it hurt to have nails bitten so low? Or doesn't it hurt to have hair pulled like that? I can't imagine. I've gone for one wax, you know, one eyebrow wax, and I'm like in tears. Well, I can't quite put words around it, but there is just that sort of must be a chemical reaction. It Mm -hmm. must be like a dopamine serotonin effect of that quick pull and then some kind of release when it's done. Yep. And it's not self-mutilation. It's a different category of that body-focused repetitive behavior. And it's just one of those things that's like maybe the first drag of a cigarette for the person who loves to smoke. You know what I'm saying? Right. So here I was now in the hairline and in on my head where, of course, that's going to be noticeable if the breeze blows or I wake up with a certain kind of bedhead. And sure enough, my husband of at this point, like 12 years, had never really said anything or maybe never really taken complete close notice of my cosmetic abilities because he noticed the, the bald patch on my head. That was the first time he goes, what's that or what's going on? And it was after a big move across the country. So it kind of makes sense. I'm here, no friends, don't know anybody, trying right. to make our way, get my kids adjusted in school, make sure everybody else is comfortable, Terry. And you have everybody to comfort Jenny. Mm-hmm. So you had to find a Jenny comfort. That's right. That's right. And so it, this whole new, like, like, I had to school myself now in how to hide this. Because, okay, hats, or like, okay, oh my God, I'd go to the salon, get my hair cut a certain way, switch my part, braid my hair, pin it up, you know, swipe, swoop it over and hairspray it over here till I was blue in the face, like crazy solutions to still cosmetically just deal with like, I don't want anyone to notice this and I'll just stop tomorrow. I'll stop next week. I'll stop this someday. Someday I'll stop this. So finally, um, Meanwhile, I'm looking, meanwhile, this is why I'm out here talking about this. And I talked about it on my Facebook and on my social media, because I was very much helped and encouraged by finding women on YouTube, finding young, especially millennials who are very good with Instagram stories or hashtag trichotillomania. I found people talking about it. I found women and I would listen to their stories. I'd be like, me too. That's exactly my pattern. I started with eyelashes. I, I remember this when I was eight years old and now today I've shaved my head. So that's what it came to for me. I shaved my head as a way to say, okay, there's no more hair to pull. I can't pull it. And I'll just wear wigs and go forward in my life confidently with wigs. And it was a force hand to me. But at the same time, I felt like I had a little bit more control in doing those things. But it still felt like hiding, you know, to me. It still felt like hiding and just masking the problem. And it was a really low point. I remember crying and crying, getting ready to go somewhere with my family, just bawling, crying, feeling just low and not like myself and not happy and feeling probably very, um, well, helpless. Mm. a little bit hopeless. Yep. Like, what if this never changes? What right. if my the rest of my life is waste? I don't mean to be dramatic or like, 
But that's how you were feeling at the time. You were in a negative pull. That's it's hard. I'm sure a lot of people out there can understand because they might be going through it. It's so hard when you start that negative pull, unless you find something really positive to come in and say, "Uh, -uh, nope, not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yep. So, um, that's when that was around 2016. And that's when my family and the people that love me and have seen and have seen me high and low and all around and just love me no matter what said, you know, we've tried stuff. We've, you've read books and you've seen things online and even talked with a therapist, but we got to we got to do more and you can't do this on your own and that's okay. And that's where that surrender was so key in the journey for me to surrender and just say, my hands are up in the air and I'm ready for God, Jesus and whoever to take the wheel and help me through this. I may have be bald the rest of my life. I may shave my head as a solution. The rest of my life, I may never have a full beautiful eyebrow, but here's the deal. I just want to not feel helpless. I just want to now not feel like I'm not in control of my life or myself or how I feel or whether I look forward to things or, you know, am whole. Just want to feel whole again. So I think that trichotillomania, I say it's a gift now. I really truly look at it like a gift because, well, my journey has taken me thus far in exploring how that could ever be. How could I ever see this thing that's been in my life and making me hate myself and hate it for so long? How could I see it as a gift? Well, because I wouldn't be here talking to you. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably have had the notion or the idea or inkling to start my own business. I wouldn't have come out on social media to talk about trichotillomania, maybe help other people. And you are helping them. Oh, thank you. I mean, to be transparent and to live an honest, authentic life feels amazing, but I would not have known to take those steps or had courage or strength or be fortified to take those steps had trichotillomania not drug me through the mud. Right. Yep. We all need that big, big push. Because otherwise, we just, we're, we're comfortable in our stuckness. So yeah. we need that huge, like, hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. Like, wake up calls, aha moments, surrender. Truly a surrender where, okay, and so this brings me to, like, the three points I would just want to leave any viewers with or leave anyone with today. Because surrendering and investigating more about, okay, yeah, this is a coping mechanism. This is something that to get through stress, anxiety, worry, fears, insecurities about myself and my self-worth, low self-worth, I started to do this. And it evolved, and then it took over, and then it got really haywire. And so, great, now I'm here, and I'm depressed about it, and I wish I had hair, and I want to solve some problems. So that surrender to say, it brought me closer to God, brought me closer to my faith. That's not a solution for everybody listening, of course. 
but whatever it is that can bring you that faith and bring you that there's just something greater than me at play here and I give into it, I give over to it, is so healing and so necessary for the next step. And the next step for me, I also realize sharing and being public about and being as willing to indulge your story to people might not be everyone's path either. However, um, what definitely is, oh, I apologize for the sound. What definitely is part of it is loving yourself for yourself. So surrendering, finding the right therapies, going through those things and giving over all the control, all the control to God and outside of myself helped me love me for me. Trichotillomania is a gift in my life because it's brought me to an entire understanding of accepting who I am, my body, my hair or no hair, my weight gain or no weight gain, you know, my curves or my, my skin and bones, everything that I am top to bottom. I got to love me for me now in yep. today, right now at every level, at every point, because that is, that's what this is. This is, that's what it all comes from. I, my self-worth isn't in the boys I dated, my husband. No one fixes it for you. No mm-hmm. one can build you up except yourself. And so Trick Tillamani has taught me that because I've since, I have since made the decision to go without wigs and to go a lot of days around here without makeup and without full face makeup or, or fake nails. And it feels awesome because I'm feeling fine with it. I'm awesome with it. I'm okay with it. I realize that not, that those things don't matter to what value I bring to the world, how I can help or serve people, and whether I love me or not. And whether I love me is what matters the most. <laughs> so, right, Jerry? So, yep, exactly. So the, the place in the second part, which is um, I had to, in my life, stop seeking approval from everyone else. I think that I was raised and like a lot of us and like many women can relate probably to please people, be a people pleaser, try and avoid conflict. If there is conflict, do your best to make everyone feel okay and good about things and leave happy and, and have a smile on your face and be pleasant and just be pleasing. And in that I sought, I sought validation and approval from absolutely everyone. I realize that now I look back on relationships. I, I do look at my husband who, you know, he's on his own journey as well. But like when you look to other people to validate your choices, your self-worth, your what value you bring, whether you are included or loved or belong, I've now found if there's someone out there who doesn't approve, isn't going to validate me, opposes me, will make me, will, will give signals to me I don't belong or I am excluded or I'm not accepted. Those aren't my people. They're not your people. Thank you. Next, yep. move on. Move like, on. I, I have the strength to move on and I'm not spinning my wheels and not pulling my hair out quite literally over whether they love me, like me, or don't. Because you love you and really that's all that matters. Yes. We don't need anybody else except our own approval. Absolutely. And, and so 
this takes training, this kind of mentality. I used to read little blurbs about this in the same magazines that would tell my 12 to 18 to 22 year old self to, you know, wear this shirt because it shows your cleavage to feel beautiful. The same magazines would say, love yourselves for who you are in your own skin. And here's a model that we hired with, you know, who's a size eight instead of a size zero. You know what I mean? Right. So many mixed messages. You got to internalize that stuff. It comes from within. So the quote on Instagram <laughs> is great reminders. And the one article in 25 in a fashion magazine about loving yourself is great, but it has to start from in this inside job. So loving yourself for who you are inside and out, the mistakes you make, the flubs that you will, you know, fail at and falter on the relationships that you can be accountable for your part in them. But, you know, love yourself for you. Love everything about yourself. Be obsessed with yourself. Like, honestly, be obsessed with yourself. It is so freeing and so empowering. And, you know me, I do it all with a sense of humor and a right. sense of fun. Um, stop seeking approval from others. And this takes constant training. So the training for me, and you'll agree, Terry, I know because our team does this, is mindset work. Yeah, it's huge. So I think for a while when I talk about the dark days of when I was 40 and what's my what's my next move in this life and what where what, where do I fit into all this? I'm moving across the country for my husband's career. I'm a mom. I make sure everybody else is happy. What about me? I don't know. Just feeling hopeless, helpless. I did not have a mindset curriculum for myself. I did not have a personal development curriculum for myself. And now I know, and I want to impart to everyone listening, it's so important. Find the authors, find the visionaries, find, yes, the motivational speakers, the life coaches, the, the mentors, the mentors in business, but the mentors in just life and fulfillment and purpose. Find those people, Wayne Dyer, Brene Brown, Oprah Winfrey, any number of people she interviews. For me, it's Jack Canfield. It is um, John uh, John Maxwell. It's so many. Rachel Hollis today is a, is a very popular one, and I think her message is great. Life is happening for us, not to us. So trichotillomania is my gift, and Rachel Hollis says that. Life is happening for us, not to us. If you have that mindset about your life, about what, quote, disorder you have, quote, what battle you're in, quote, you know, what you struggle against and but you are not a victim and you see it as something to empower you make you stronger make you so equipped equipped to help others hey lovely so that interview was so good that we decided that we really needed to break it up into two parts so that you could really savor the first part and then get ready for the second part because Jenny's going to hit you with mindset. And let me tell you, you do not want to miss that part of this episode. Jenny Wild is absolutely amazing. If you want to look her up, you can find her on Instagram at the Jenny Wild, T H E J E N N I W I L D, the Jenny Wild, or on Facebook at Jenny Wild, J E N N I. 
W-I-L-D. And let me tell you, folks, she is wild, as you can see. And we have such a great time together. We are going to wow you tomorrow with all of our fun, fun, fun antics. Because, well, why not? So come on in, because you can have a seat at our table. Thank you so much for gracing our table with your presence today. Please don't forget to share this with your friends, family, and loved ones if you feel it will resonate with them. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and follow for updates on the next episode posting. Check out the show notes to find out what our handles are. Have a great day.